It was a warm spring afternoon, and my brother and I had just gotten home from school, and my mom had mentioned that she was going to be making tacos that night. And so she said, you know what? She said, I forgot we don't have any taco shells. So she said, you boys, I want to send you to the store. Hey, that was no big deal. I mean, we only lived like five blocks from the store in our neighborhood. And so we got on our bicycles, no fear here for sure. But we noticed that as the day had worn on, that the clouds were starting to get darker. And living in West Texas, you can see thunderheads from miles, probably states away. And you could see them building up, and they were rolling in kind of from the west, the southwest. And if you live in West Texas during the spring and you see thunderheads rolling in from the southwest, you know it could get a little dicey. And so we, we knew, we thought, well, this, this doesn't look great. But, you know, you just go on about your business. You kind of get used to it. And so we were... We got on our bikes and we, we rode our bikes over to the little United Supermarkets there in Lubbock, Texas on the corner and grabbed tacos and some candy, of course, you know, we were doing that. And I remember having those tacos and, and we walked into a little Stumball drugstore, which is a little store right next to United in this little area. And we walked in there and as we're in there, this older gentleman looks at me and my brother and we're going over the candy aisle. We're just going to get a little bonus while we're there. You know, something for our trouble. And he says, you boys, what are y'all doing? I said, well, I'm getting taco shells for supper. And he said, do you not know what's happening right now? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, there's a tornado on the ground right now bearing down on Lubbock, Texas. I said, excuse me? He said, there's a tornado on the ground right now. You boys shouldn't be here. You should be home. You should be in a storm cellar. Well, I tell you, that, that man didn't have to tell me twice. Me and my brother busted out of that store. Now, remember, I've got this sack of taco shells in my hand. We jumped on our bikes, and we, I don't know, I think I probably set a new land speed record on my bicycle that day, those five blocks. We hauled it home. And as we're hauling it home, we noticed, even in the short time that we'd been in the store, that the clouds had grown dark and ominous. And you could see, like, they weren't funnels, but they were hook clouds, and they, and they were just these, these little feeder clouds that looked like funnels, and I mean, it looked bad. When, by the time we got out of the store, as we're driving, it starts to rain, and I'm telling you, as I'm riding my bike, and my brother's right beside me, we're burning it up, and we're going as fast as we can. We have nothing but sheer terror and panic, sheer panic, sheer terror, and we round the corner to our house. I don't even know how we kept from from losing it, but we were hauling in the rain. We get to our house, and I go up to my house. My garage door's closed, which is really unusual. Kids growing up, you don't shut your garage door. It's closed. And the front door's closed, which is unusual as well. And so I go up to the front door, and I open it. I try to open it, and it's locked. Now, mind you, in my mind, there's a tornado bearing down on us. And I get home, and everything's shut. The hatches have been battened down. And I'm telling you, for a few moments, I lost my mind. And I started to beat on that door, and I was yelling for my mom and my dad. I'm like, open the door, open the door. My brother's standing there going, where are they? What happened? It's like, it's like uh, the second coming happened. Everybody got raptured, and we were left behind in a tornado. It was scary. And, and I remember hearing my dad yell from down the street, and I remember turning around and seeing him 
down the street, standing out in the rain, and now it's starting to hail. It's getting bad. And he's yelling at us, come on, boys, come on, boys. Well, what happened on our block, there was one house on our block that had a large storm cellar. And any time anything like this happened, there were certain families on the block, and we were one of them, that would go to that storm cellar. And sure enough, they had already made their way down there, and they were watching for us when we rounded the corner. But we had so lost our mind, we couldn't even see them or even hear them for a moment. And I'll never forget the feeling as we jumped on our bikes, rode down six houses down the block, and saw my dad, and he waited for us. And I, I remember getting down in that. Now, mind you, I never let go of those taco shells, ever, even when I was beating on the door. I remember going down the steps of that, and I handed that sack of taco shells to my mom, and it was literally like they had been obliterated. It was like dust in a bag by the time I handed it to her. She says, forget it. It's not a big deal. And I'll never forget the sense of rescue, the sense of relief that we felt, that I felt and my brother felt as we felt safe. We were with our parents in a place of safety. Now, I don't know about you, but right now, as I even think about that story and recall that story, I know that there are a lot of people right now, and maybe you're the same way, where you're beginning to feel that frantic feeling. Maybe you're beginning to feel like, uh, this is ominous. This is dark. You know, this is an unprecedented time that we're in right now. I don't know about you, but I've been spending time, I've been watching the President's Address every day and listening to as Dr. Fossey and Dr. Burks and all these various people, Mike Pence, our vice president, as they roll out report after report, statistic after statistic. And I'm not afraid. As we're watching it, I feel informed. And by being informed, I feel like, okay, this is how I can pray and this is what I can lean into and this is what I can call before the throne of grace. And as I've been listening, but I know other people can hear the same report and it turns into something ominous, dark, and negative. And I don't know where you are right now, but I want to speak into that today. Because I know there are people right now that, like me, young Jimmy, beating on that door with that bag of taco shells and wondering what has happened, why is there no rescue? I've been abandoned, I've been left behind in that frantic feeling. Some of you are feeling that right now. Right now, one of the great concerns in this particular season is that some will get to the point where they take their lives out of fear, out of hopelessness, out of despair, feeling like this is not going to end, this is not going to get better, I just lost my job, I'm not going to have a job to return to, or I'm going to lose this or that. And some people are literally losing it in that sense and actually taking their lives. I hope that during this season we can be really kind and very gracious to one another, more so than any. Because everyone is navigating new categories of fear, new categories of anxiety, and new categories of stress that we've not had to navigate before. So my encouragement to you, and I think it's the heart of Jesus, which I so feel strongly this morning. It's the heart of Jesus that we be kind, that we be gracious, we be generous to one another. That we give space to one another, not just that which we're being asked to do in the sense of distancing, but give space for people not being in their right mind at this time. May we have grace 
for one another. So what I want to talk about today are these new normals. This new normal. Listen to this. When life seems to be anything but normal, embrace the journey. Jesus uses new normals to develop and grow you. In the midst of times like these, Jesus brings calm to your chaos and peace in your storm. The choice is yours. Choose calm over chaos and peace in and over the storm. That's what I want to talk about today is peace over the storm. It's interesting because there's many references, and I begin thinking about this in light of the season that we're in, but there's a lot of references to storms in the Bible. I, ref I referred one to one last week when Jesus was found in the middle of the lake in a boat sleeping in the middle of a storm. We talked about that. Choosing peace over chaos. And today I want to talk about another incident and another storm that we find Jesus in the midst of. Listen to this scripture. This is found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 and 23. We're going to move through this passage. And listen to this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Other side of what? The other side of the lake, the Lake of Galilee. So they were on one side of the lake and had ministering. In fact, it was at that time that Jesus fed thousands of people from literally almost nothing. It was the miracle of him feeding the thousands. And on the heels of that, he was tired and exhausted. Look what it says. Jesus made them get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowd. So here he is dispersing everybody. They're full. They're waddling off. It's like they ate at Cracker Barrel or something. They're like, they got more than they needed. They had plenty. And they leave content and happy. They've been fed. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. This was actually Jesus' MO. And he would often withdraw, withdraw into desolate, barren, quiet places, away, wilderness places, so that he could get away from the crowds. I've often thought this. If Jesus needed to get away, and he was the Son of God, he was Jesus, empowered fully by the Spirit, how much more do we need time to breathe? How much more do we need time to rest and recover our souls in the midst of busy lives? Jesus needed it. How much more do you and I? Amen? Jesus would often pull away from the crowds to be restored and spend time talking to his father. So that's the scene. Now look what happens. Verse 24. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. Get the picture in your mind. Use your sanctified imagination. And it was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I talked about this last week, how... The Lake of Galilee is down in a bit of a bowl, and there's a ridge that goes all the way around it. And oftentimes, squalls would come up over the ridge that you couldn't see coming. and You would find yourself suddenly in a storm, kind of like us in the season we're in right now. No one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. The movie Contagion was, came out in 2011. The movie Outbreak, 1996. And these were movies about a dystopian future and the possibility of of these kinds of things, and we watch them, and we're entertained, and we're a little creeped out, but here we are. We find ourselves in this very 
strange storm that came up suddenly. One day, everything is normal. Literally, the next day, with an announcement, everything changes and new normals are coming forth. Same. They're out on the lake. Jesus sends them across. Notice this. Jesus sent them out into the storm. Now, wait a minute. Now, Jesus, you know, that's, that's not his M.O. Remember, he's, he's the Lamb of God. Oh, he's also the Lion of Judah. And the Jesus that loves you more than you could possibly ever love yourself is the same Jesus who values your character over your comfort and convenience. And he sends them out into a storm alone. See you over there. See on the other side. They have no idea how he's going to get there, but he's about to surprise them. The boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, we're talking in the middle of the night, pitch black, dark, in a storm, Jesus went out to them, and then the Bible just casually uses these words, walking on the lake. Right, okay. So here we go. The Bible casually mentions things that are mind-blowing to us. He comes out to them walking on the water. All right? We've all know, heard about this, known about it. Now you're reading about it. And notice this. Storms are a common theme in the Bible. In fact, last week I talked about a storm. I'm talking about a storm this week. I'm going to talk about a storm next week. It's a common theme and really apropos for the season that we're in. Listen to this in verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, walking on the lake, they were terrified. Can I get a collective duh? Okay, they were losing their minds. Jesus, in the middle of a storm, is walking out, and they cried out, It's a ghost. It's a spirit. They said and cried out in fear. Well, so would I. Verse 27, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I believe Jesus is speaking these same words to you right now. Even as you listen, I want to speak these words right back to you. Jesus saying to you right where you are in this season, in the middle of this storm, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So what happens next? This story gets interesting. So Peter speaks up, as Peter often did. We often say Peter had hoof and mouth disease. He'd stick his foot in his mouth pretty often. And he speaks up first, and he blurts out, out of fear, out of terror, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Have you ever just sat and thought about, about the dynamics of this, of what's happening here? Peter, in a moment of absolute fear, Wants to be where Jesus is. Why didn't he just say, Jesus, come to the boat. We're right here. Jesus, if it's you, come here. No, he said, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. What is it about Peter that he was willing to get out of the boat where it was relatively safe, at least safer than stepping out onto a stormy lake, He says, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus says one word. He says, come. Can you imagine if us, 
If our mindset was the same, that in the middle of this season that we're in right now, we were to be consistent, maybe not using the same words, but consistent in our intent, intentional in what we're doing, purposeful in what we're doing and saying, Jesus, if it's you, I'm coming. Jesus, if it's, if it's you, I'm there. Jesus, if it's you, just speak the word and I'm there and by your word and on your word, I'll take the step. I often wonder, because look what happens. Come, he said, then Peter got down out of the boat. Water. Walked. Three words. Walked. Four words. Walked on the water. Jesus tells him to come, and he actually steps out and does it. You ever wonder about the disciples? What were they doing? Were they cheering? Were they clapping? You got this, Peter. Go for it. Or were they saying, don't even think about it. It's a ghost. We're all scared. Don't do it. Peter got out of the boat because he wanted to be where Jesus was. Even if it meant being in what appeared to be the most unsafe place he could possibly be in that moment. Do things feel unsafe to you right now in this season? Do you feel like you're in a place that's unsafe? Let me tell you where Jesus tends to be. We tend to find Jesus in unsafe places. In Jerusalem. They're saying, don't go to Jerusalem. Whatever you do, don't go. He was warned, don't go. And we celebrate today as Palm Sunday because Jesus ignored the warnings and went to the most unsafe place he could possibly go. And that is he went to Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecy of the scripture that said he would ride in on a donkey, ride in on a colt, what we call the triumphal entrance. It was the most unsafe place he could possibly be. But he chose that. And I'm not telling you we need to do stupid stuff. We don't need to be stupid on steroids here and say, well, if it's unsafe, then that must be where I'm supposed to go. No, only if he says come. But we need to ask, Jesus, is this you? Jesus, is this true? Jesus, are you calling me to walk on water? Because I see you out there in the storm. If this is you, I'm coming. If you just say the word. Maybe our prayer right now needs to be this, Lord, if it's you. Bid me come, and I'm there. Peter got out of the boat, walked on water. Oh, he defied the laws of physics. That's called supernatural, which means above and beyond nature. Peter defied because he was walking towards Jesus and had his eyes squarely set on Jesus. Look at the next verse. Verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 30 and 31. But when he saw the wind, so he starts off well, right? We don't know if he took one step, which is a miracle, on water, or 15. We just don't know. It just says he started walking on water. Sounds like more than one. But look what happens. When he saw the wind, he got distracted. I have to be honest with you. If you're watching all the news outlets right now, if you're following every Facebook story that comes on your feed and clicking on everything, 
I've lost count of how many people are private messaging me articles and stories and videos and, and, and from a million different perspectives of what's going on right now. Some good, not so good. And if I were to click on every one of those and begin to download all that information into my psyche, into my heart, into my spirit, I'm telling you, I would be like Peter right now and I wouldn't be, Jesus would be nowhere to be seen because I would be so inundated by the voices that are vying for my attention right now. Let me tell you something. Voices are vying for your attention right now. But there's only one voice that matters. It's the voice of Jesus. So I want to encourage you, adjure you, exhort you. Get the information, get the facts, and then get out of there. Don't linger. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink... He prayed the most simple and honest prayer he probably ever prayed in his life. He says, Lord, save me. Isn't it funny how we can get in places of prayer and intercession? And I've, I've been in intercession meetings that went on for hours. People laboring and travailing. Let me tell you something. There is a place for that. I've been on a national call several times throughout this period and continue to access it from time to time in the mornings. And it's a group out of Nashville that sponsors this call. It's a beautiful thing. And there's a lot of laboring and travailing. And my prayer life tends to be on a little simpler level. You may remember the KISS acronym, Keep It Simple Stupid. Remember that? Well, I've sort of changed it call it keep it simple saint and in my prayer life it's not just this ongoing travail it's actually a conversation that is ongoing and it's so simple and so basic do you know the older I get the simpler my prayer life becomes the longer I'm walking with him the simpler it becomes. I don't know if that happens in your relationship with your spouse and your family, but I know with Annette and I, there are many things that get said without ever being said because we know each other so well, you don't have to say everything because we know each other. And the more we know each other, the less words are needed, but the words that are given are powerful and profound. I want to encourage you in your prayer time right now. Peter, in the darkest hour of his life, Lord, save me. You know what's beautiful about it is the next word, immediately. There's a lot of immediately's and suddenly's in the Bible. There's a lot of incidences where there's not, and it's a process, and it's ongoing. But here, because of the nature of what was happening, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. <laughs> and he says, you of little faith, you of small faith. He said, why did you doubt? You know why he said that? is because Peter had just not hours before watched Jesus feed thousands of people on a hillside. A bona fide, real deal miracle. He had watched, he had seen, he had had history with Jesus in the miraculous. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? I think he's asking that question to us right now. Why are we doubting? Are we doubting his goodness? Are we doubting our history with him? I always think in terms, if I wake up and there's a pulse, I've hit the lottery. 
His goodness continues. I made it another day, another day to live, another day to breathe, another day to experience, another day to love, another day to know him from this perspective. And when those days are over, it's a win there too. Why did you doubt? My encouragement to you in this time, in this season right now is, let's not doubt his goodness. When things don't seem to be going well, when things don't seem perfect, things don't seem to be in order, when there's a lot of unknowns right now, that's not the time to start doubting. It's actually the time to lean in at another level and say, oh, God, I don't know the outcome, but you do. I don't know the future, but you do. I don't know what's going to happen, but you do. So I'm going to lean into and trust you, and I'm going to trust your promises. I'm going to trust what you've said. I'm going to trust what you say. I figure if Jesus told Peter to come out on the water, he wasn't going to let him drown, no matter what. Verse 32, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Isn't that interesting? Lesson learned. Storm was over. It died down. They climbed back into the boat. I don't think Jesus carried him back. I think they walked back together. Then those who were in the boat, remember, they're still there in the boat going, you got this, Peter? Oh, you don't. Okay. Oh, somebody save him. Get a hook, get a rope, get a net. But those that had stayed on the boat, what did they do? They worshipped. You know what the word worship here means? It literally means to bow low. They literally bowed before him. They came low. They bowed down saying, truly, you are the son of God. I thought you already knew that, boys. You just saw him feed thousands of people. You've seen the miracles. You've heard him teach. And now, again, they're having to re-acknowledge and reaffirm. If they had to reaffirm the lordship of Christ, the validity of who he was, how much more do we, maybe right now, in this moment, right where you are, maybe this is your moment to reaffirm that as well. In fact, why don't you utter these words? I'm going to say it. You say it with me. Truly, you are. Son of God. A simple way to pray that is to say, Lord Jesus, you are who you said you are. You are who the word, your word, the scripture says you are. And so, Lord, even right now, in this moment, I say it too. You're truly the Son of God. You're truly Lord. You're the King of kings. Lord of lords. You are who you say you are. Would you say those words with me right now? To say you are who you say you are. You are who you say you are. If the disciples had to reaffirm it and they were seeing the miracles right and left, how much more do we need to reaffirm the lordship, the kingship of Jesus? Truly, you're the son of God. When they had crossed over, so they made it over, they landed at Gennesaret. And you know what they were going to be faced with there? Skepticism, doubt, Pharisees in their face accusing Jesus of not being who he said he was. They were running right back into another storm, a different kind of storm. It was a storm of unbelief and betrayal. They went from one storm to another. I want to go back to the slide that we started with now in the context of what we've talked about today. 
When life seems to be anything but normal, embrace the journey. This is where I'm encouraging you right now. Embrace the storm. One of my prayers through this storm, again, a simple prayer has been, Lord, I don't want to waste anything here. I don't want any of this to be wasted. I don't want to just bide my time and set myself in a holding pattern just waiting for it to pass. I don't want to waste this. This will pass. And I don't want to look back on this and say, what did I do with that time? Did I just twiddle my thumbs and, and binge watch Netflix just to get through it? Or what did I do to use this time well? Embrace the journey. Embrace the storm. Jesus uses, come on up, Russ. Jesus uses new normals to develop and grow you. This time that we're in is a time of stretching and growing. I don't know about you, but I have rarely grown much during the calm seasons. It was during the storms. It was during the difficult seasons. It was during tumultuous times that I was stretched, that my faith was stretched, that my capacity was stretched, that my belief and my trust was stretched. And those are the seasons I look back on my life and know that that's when I grew. Could this be an amazing growing season for us? A huge leap forward in our walk, in our maturity in Christ. I certainly don't want to look back on this season and have regrets. In the midst of times like these, Jesus brings calm to your chaos and peace in your storm. The choice is yours. We can choose calm or chaos. We can choose peace or we can choose to just be succumb to the storm. I want to ask you to choose today. As we pray and as we close, I want to encourage you. If you have questions about Jesus, if you have questions about faith, about Christianity and spirituality, feel free to write us. If you're on Facebook, you can private message us. Or you can go to my Facebook page, Jimmy Pruitt. Message me. I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, I I want to be here for you to encourage you through this season. Or you can go and just to email info at bridgefbg.com and I will get back with you. I'll write you back. I, I, I want to hear from you. Anything I can do, anything we can do to encourage you in this storm. As I close, I want you to know something. Jesus is in the storm. He's not running from it. He's in it. Could it be he's saying to you right now, come. If you're listening, you're watching, whether it's playback or live, and you're ready to trust Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to be your deliverer, to be your rescuer, so to speak, in the middle of your storm, if you're ready to take that step and step over the line with Jesus, I want to pray with you in that. So if you would, right where you are, you can even bow your head right there and pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I need you. Help me. Save me. I need your help. 
Would you fill me with all that you are, Jesus? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? I want to be born again. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. And I confess today that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. That Jesus Christ is my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I'm yours. Use my life as you choose and as you will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe this is a recommitment for you, would you reach out to us, info at bridgefbg.com or through our Facebook page, just private message. Would love to hear from you. God bless you. We love you. Listen, we're better together. We're going to get through this thing, and we're going to do it together. Let's stay connected. Keep reaching out to your neighbors. Keep reaching out to those that are around you, being mindful of our orders, being mindful of the rules that exist. But reach out. Make sure. Stay connected. Use technology. Leverage everything that you can to stay connected. Don't allow yourself to be completely isolated. Even if there's physical isolation, we can still leverage technology, leverage the things that are in front of us. Don't feel, don't let yourself feel like you're alone in this because you're not. We love you. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.